And this is Honky Don't Man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. And of course, you're listening to another wrestling podcast. Unbelievable. It's time for uh, another wrestling podcast. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. They got the answers. I change the question. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. These are the best in the world, brother. These are the best in what they do. When we talk about the legends of the sport, there's only two in my book. Another wrestling podcast. Another wrestling podcast. Now can you dig that sucker? <laughs> Alright, alright, alright. Welcome to another wrestling podcast. I'm Steve Credo. And I'm Jonathan Benjamin. And welcome to episode 106. Jonathan, 106 episodes of another wrestling podcast. I'm going to have to steal your line and say this could be the best show yet. Yeah, I'm totally in agreement with you, which doesn't happen all the time. But uh, 106 episodes, it's a very impressive feat. Over two years we've been doing this here at Another Wrestling Podcast. We highly urge all of you to head on over to anotherwrestlingpodcast.com to check out all of our past interviews and really get a good feel for who we are and what we do. Because not only are we Another Wrestling Podcast, but we're another award-winning wrestling podcast. i got to throw that out there sometimes just to let the fans know, right? Two-time. Two-time two time award winners. Uh, Jonathan, you know, it's going to be a great show, but why is it going to be a great show? Who's, who's going to drop by today? Well, I, uh, I know this for a fact that you got to actually speak with the, the, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, the honky-tonk man. He's cool, he's cocky, he's bad, and uh, you're going to be talking to him later in the show. Yeah, and uh, we're going to find out some stuff you probably – never knew about so uh stick around htm is in the house uh i can't wait for it but jonathan you know it's been a big week in wrestling it's been getting bigger it seems uh every week since wrestlemania and a lot of things have happened uh we just came off a wwe payback we just came off the pay-per-view jonathan man it was i I don't know it was a great pay-per-view it was good there was a lot of good things a few things that could have gone without uh i don't know can you can you give us some of your thoughts and maybe we could figure out what went right and what went wrong this weekend? Absolutely. Uh, I want to say first and foremost that I love professional wrestling. It is no secret. Um, and I I may not like uh, everybody's character. I may not like uh, the direction that sometimes wrestling seems to be going. But what I do want to say is I respect all those athletes, the men and women who go into that ring to put on a show and entertain us. Um, cause without them, we wouldn't have a podcast to talk about wrestling. So, um, with that being said, during WWE payback, Enzo and Cass took on the VOD villains in the, uh, tag team tournament to determine the number one contendership. And, um, Enzo suffered a, a very scary moment. It started out, you know, looking like he was going to go slide under the rope and what happened, he got hung up and his head hit the mat and he pretty much knocked himself out with a concussion a very scary moment um it was one of those things that obviously was not scripted 
and uh, everybody, you know, I felt like a collective gasp, like yeah. the entire wrestling community just was was sitting. No one, no one should want to see anybody get hurt, and this is, you know, a, a classic case of that. Enzo Amore, um, we found out later, was doing well. He got released from the hospital. He did have a concussion, so I think here at another wrestling podcast, we want to wish him nope. the speediest of uh, recoveries. But it was it was such a scary moment, Steve. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, it, uh, things happen. This is a reality. Uh, this is this is what happens when these guys put their bodies on the line. And uh, you know, it, it's it's hard to say. It's not. I don't think there's really anybody at fault. It's it's more of like the wrong place, wrong time, and especially the wrong place, wrong time for them too. As I think they were going to be uh, uh, the winners on the end of that match. Uh, getting that title shot. So, you know, it's unfortunate that that happened, but maybe, you know, things happen for a reason. I hope he's back a lot sooner than later. Uh, man, he's, he, they've had a great debut and, you know, their first pay-per-view, uh, on the main roster. Well, no, the second pay-per-view on the main roster, considering they had the roadblock, pay, uh, match before that, but still technically their first main roster, pay, uh, main, uh, main roster pay-per-view since being on the main roster, uh, so, you know, ugh, wrong place, wrong time, unfortunate accident. But, you know, you know, this is what happens. You know, it's pro wrestling. People want to say what they will about it. But, uh, you know, real injuries like this, real, you know, things happen. And uh, it's it's very unfortunate. There was a lot more stuff that happened on that show. Uh, a lot of great matches. Another match that probably should have happened at WrestleMania was Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. What a great match, Jonathan. And, uh, you know, they had to follow that injury by Enzo. So the crowd was kind of down. But they somehow, you know, they did what they do, and you know, it was a great match. Oh, I'm just, I'm shaking my head, like, why couldn't we have seen this at Mania? And I don't know. Unfortunately, Mania has become, you know, the the spot fest where everybody's got to be on the card. You're gonna have like 12 on 12, 5 on 5, 4 on 4, uh, and we couldn't get a KO versus Sami Zayn match at WrestleMania. But we got it at Payback, and uh, unfortunately for Sami Zayn, Jonathan, he is still in a losing streak right now. Yeah, but you know what? This match did uh, it did wonders for both of them. And, you know, for anybody who was wondering if Kevin Owens was going to make it in the WWE, because he came in on such a high and then uh, it looked like maybe they were going to kind of, you know, mid-card him for a little bit. But the guy's a total package. I don't care what his body looks like. I don't care anything about that. The guy can go as a wrestler. He's dynamite on the microphone commentary whatever you give him he turns it into gold and that is not taking anything away from Sami Zayn because Sami Zayn as we saw at Dallas Takeover and so many other showings he's had is uh, just an incredible athlete but um, this match was amazing and it's not the last that we've seen um, and uh, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed by both these guys and you know one of the things that I think is just so amazing about the two of these guys is that they couldn't be more different but they they have this amazing story and for people who are familiar with them they had it in ring of honor as well um but you know what works works and i'm just fortunate that we get to see it in the wwe as well and i hate to say i told you so to everybody who was really hating on roman reigns but this was an incredible match and aj styles could probably have an incredible match with the broom, as they say, but Roman held his own, and I'll tell you right now, he it was a it was a I mean I'm not Dave Meltzer, but it was it was four to five stars at least I I think. 
Oh, you know, I think it's just another case of, you know, these guys had chemistry together. Uh, their sizes worked towards each other in the ring. Uh, Roman's a little bit bigger than AJ. AJ's a little bit faster than Roman. Uh, it, they complemented each other really well. Uh, and I, I actually think this is probably Roman's best match as a champion or in the WWE. Any match he's ever had, I think this is one of his best ones. Especially, I think it was even better than his WrestleMania match. Uh, I don't know, Jonathan. I think it's just, you know... These guys worked great together, and uh, at the end of the night, I honestly didn't care if AJ won or lost. I mean, the fans won with that kind of a match, that kind of a main event. Uh, just the chaos that ensued, the restarting of the match and the rules, it worked, and I thought it was great. And I have, like, you know, I have no complaints either. I think at the end of the day, we all won. Well, and people talk about how, um, you know, on Raw, it's a lot of talking, all that stuff. But I don't know if you realize that that was an over. It was over 25 minutes that match, and you know, it seemed like to go by really quick just because it was a great match. I love the idea to have um, the Usos with Roman and to have what looks to be the rumblings of the rebirth of the Bullet Club with AJ. Um, I don't know where they're going with it, but it's it's fun right now and it's very interesting. And uh, I'm excited to see, but I do think that Roman, you know, he's whether you want to listen to him and when he says he's the guy or not, um, there is some truth to that statement. And you know, bring on the hate because I'm sure that we'll have some some keyboard warriors telling me I'm the worst thing ever. And uh, that's fine. That's what's great about this sport, and that's what's great about uh, discussions is that we can all have varying opinions, but. Right now, I do believe that Roman is on a hot streak. I'm looking forward to other matches, and uh, we'll see what he's got. Like we said earlier, we have the greatest intercontinental champion of all time joining us today. It is my pleasure right now to throw it to the one, the only, Honky Tonk Man. All right, it's not every day that we get a former Intercontinental Champion on the show. It's even more rare to have the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please join us in welcoming a legend and the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time, the Honky Tonk Man. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's good to be here, and I thought I was going to have to correct you there, but uh, you did get that greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time in there. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Honky Tonk Man, how you doing? How you doing today? Everything going you good? You know, I'll tell you what. I, I'm out here in Arizona. It's a beautiful morning. It's 10 a.m. when we're speaking now, and... Uh, uh, it's that season where my allergies are killing me. <laughs> I'm hacking, I'm coughing, I'm sneezing, my eyes are watery, but hey, you know what, it could be worse. Sure. Uh, well, let's get right into it. You know, uh, How did you get involved into this crazy world of professional wrestling? Well, as, as a joke and some of the stuff that I say when, when I go out and do my comedy shows, an extension of childhood, uh, I never really wanted to grow up. I just wanted to play around my whole life. But uh, it, it was one of those things where, on a serious side, I had a couple of friends of mine when, when we were in college at the University of Memphis. Uh, they they were involved in watching wrestling. Of course, my cousin, Jerry the King Lawler, uh, had started in the wrestling business uh, three or four years before I did. And 
and was making a name for himself and being a, a big TV star in Memphis. And uh, I, I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. It it wasn't something that that I you know I had to see every Saturday morning or, or anything by that nature. Uh, and my friends that we were on a weightlifting team and, and they were on a football team and we wanted to you know just do things and they said let's try this wrestling stuff and and they talked me into going up to uh dyersburg tennessee where uh herb welch of the famous welch family out of tennessee and georgia and florida these welches they owned all these territories back then and uh i went up and started training and i had another cousin that was there training a boy named carl fergie and uh he ended up uh working in uh in uh, louisiana territory in oklahoma for bill watts and and toward the end, when the Watts closed down, he was uh, the head referee and uh, pulling the ring and doing all that stuff for Watts. And, and uh, so there was three of us in that family that's in the wrestling business. And, of course, Jerry's sons got in the business also. So our family's pretty pretty much entwined in pro wrestling. Sure. Now, uh, uh, in, in pro wrestling, what, do you go back to a time when you actually got your first big break? Do you remember that? Oh gosh! Well, the first real break I, I had was in Memphis with uh, when the, we did the Tupelo concession stand thing. Now I had toiled around and uh, had been around different places uh, for three or four years uh, prior to that. Uh, uh, I'd started, and of course they call them nowadays they call them independent territories or independent wrestling. Back then we were called outlaws. <laughs> we were outlaw wrestlers and. Uh, because we didn't work for any organization, but I started in Missouri with Coco Beware was my training partner uh, up there in Dyersburg, and then of course we had hundreds of matches together for the next year or so, and and he ended up staying in Memphis, and I I went out on the road and went to Florida, and I went to Georgia and different places, and then I came back to Memphis and did the Tupelo concession stand thing. So that was probably the first break, yeah. All right. Uh, now, how does one change from being the blonde bomber to the honky tonk man? Uh, that was quite a transformation, I can tell you. My children saw pictures, and they said, "Yeah, that's Jim." It was myself, Jimmy Hart, and Kevin Sullivan in the photo. And of course, I had the long blonde hair. You guys have probably seen there. Some of the fans have. But but my daughter and uh, and my son said, "That's that's uh, Jimmy Hart. Who's the who's the other guy?" <laughs> and I said, "You can't tell." And he said, my son said, Dad, it kind of looks like you. My daughter said, no, it doesn't. And I said, well, it was me. But uh, the transformation came because, there again, after doing the Tupelo concession stand thing, and then I went off and and uh, uh, myself and Larry uh, Latham Spot Moondog, we were the tag team all around the South and, and tried to, you know, uh, keep that our blonde, blonde bomber thing going. But uh, Dutch Mantel needed a partner in Puerto Rico, uh, and uh, I ended up leaving Larry and going to Puerto Rico. And when I came back, I, I really needed something different. Uh, the blonde hair and and all this just it, it it was one of those things that had run its course with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I've always tried to reinvent myself no matter what, uh, and 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 keep the wheel rolling. And so I've I switched off to do the the, the black hair, and I had the sideburns, and some fans gave me the jumpsuit and. That's how this Honky Tonk Man character started. All right. Now, uh, back when you were wrestling, there were uh, lots of wrestlers with gimmicks. Uh, these days, it doesn't seem to be the case. It's almost as if it's a geographical thing now. It's what country you come from or whatnot. But uh, do you think it's harder maybe just to get a gimmick over with fans these days? 
I think you can, given it, it, it has to be the right one, you know, and, and let me put it this way. Uh, I, I did, I've had five, six, seven, eight different things I tried to do before this one, uh, honky tonk man thing, it, it, it hit, it clicked. And, and to, to find that one, you have to try, I tell the kids nowadays, try, try everything, try a lot of stuff, find that one that, that, that you can do within yourself. And then you can project it to the fans. And if the fans believe in what you're doing and you can show that you believe in it, you have a much better chance. I wish the, the, the gimmick wrestlers would come back. I'm, I'm really tired of seeing the cookie cutters. Everyone is tanned and, you know, real thin and muscular and all tattooed up. And, you know, let's get some costumes. Let's get some glitz and some glamour. We're in show business. Let's make it that way. Exactly. Uh, now, when you got the call to come to WWE, how much uh, input did you get uh, for your character? Uh, it was totally mine. Uh, that was something that uh, uh, back when, when we were all there together, uh, we we were our characters had already been developed over a period of time, and and I had worked on this honky tonk man thing for about five years before I was ever seen and uh, on the main stage uh, out of the New York territory. Uh, so you know I had I had perfected the, the 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 gimmick. I knew how I wanted it to work. I knew how I could make it work. Now Vince is very good at this, and he 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 always when he wants to tweak a gimmick or he wants to tweak a personality or a persona. He can do it, and he's really, really good at it. And he tweaked it a little bit, and uh, but otherwise he just let us run with it. I mean, he let Hercules be Hercules, and Ravishing Rick Rude was Ravishing Rick Rude, and uh, uh, you know the Hulkster was the uh, Hulkamania was running wild. You don't have to tweak that. So we were just given that opportunity, and. Uh, uh, but my, to keep in mind that we were all seasoned veterans. We'd all there wasn't anybody. I think Paul Romo was like the youngest guy in the locker room. He'd been around four or five years, but everyone had been around ten, fifteen, eighteen years. So we were seasoned pros. Sure. Uh, now we stated earlier in the show. Obviously, you were the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. Uh, but was there ever a true end game to your reign, or did it bother you maybe how uh, you lost your title to the Ultimate Warrior? No, the Ultimate Warrior thing was. Uh, I, I, that was the one, the, really the one time uh, uh, that uh, I had creative control. That uh, uh, I was told by the WWE, well, "Look, we we need this guy over, and you know, this is what we need." And I said, "Sure, let me do it my way." And they gave me creative control of the whole idea of the short match, and and everything was all my idea, and they let me do it, and I think it worked very well for everyone involved. Uh, it. I mean, do you ever want to give up a big paycheck? And I was I was doing very, very well financially with the, the Intercontinental Belt. Not like the world's title or not like working against Hogan, but, I mean, to be in that, that second slot, there was a pretty good place to be. And, and uh, I could it have gone longer? I'm sure it could have. Uh, uh, would it have gone for another year? Maybe. Uh, who knows? And then who would you have... Who would you have lost it to was, would be another question. And I think, uh, you know, we all had questions about the Warrior at, at that point in time, but obviously he was the right person for it. Sure. Um, you know, now the Intercontinental Championship uh, used to have a lot of prestige, and most people consider that if you held the IC title that you were the next in line to be uh, for the WWF Championship. Uh, were there ever any talks about maybe the Honky Tonk Man being a WWF uh, World Heavyweight Champion? No, 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 and, and and you know if you look at if you really look back at it, uh, 
Pat Patterson, who created the belt, was never the world's champion. Mm -hmm. uh, Don Morocco had the belt, never the world's champion. Uh, Greg Valentine, never the world. Tito Santana. The list goes on and on. It wasn't until I think maybe was it Brett or uh, I think Brett was the the guy or, or no warrior, and then uh, it started to be like world's champions. After that, uh, uh, they were kind of groomed for it, but. Uh, uh, no, I, I was never considered for that. Back then, it, it was Hulkamania, man. That was that was just it. It was it. I mean, why would you want to change something? It's you know twenty thousand, twenty five thousand, seven. I saw seventy thousand people over in Toronto for that big thing with Paul Arndorf and and Hogan just when I started coming into WWE. So, I mean, man, if if you're clicking like that, you leave it alone. Sure. Uh, now, uh, other than yourself, who would you consider a great Intercontinental Champion? Oh, there were so many. Rick Rude was a, a good champion. Uh, of course, Macho Man was. Uh, uh, Steamboat would have been a good champion if he had, had had stuck around and had, you know, held the belt longer. People think, uh, you know, it's a misconception, really. Uh, they think Steamboat was this great intercontinental champion. He only had the belt for like six weeks, uh, or maybe even shorter period of time than that. Uh, you know, and I didn't know until I looked at the history of the thing not so long ago that Macho Man was, he was a very close second to me. I, he had the belt for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Brett was a good champion. Sean was a good champion. Uh, the stuff that uh, Razor did, he was a good champion. The list goes on and on. Sure. They, they were all good. The thing I didn't like was uh, was the uh, uh, China being, you know, getting mm -hmm. the title and then, Stone Cold throwing it in the river and things things like that. I, I thought that was, uh, you know, when you do things that like that, you you diminish it, and and it's never really really come back after that. Sure. And now uh, I don't know how much of the current product you watch, but uh, do you have any thoughts on how the the IC Championship uh, gets treated in the world of wrestling today? You know, I don't really watch the product because you know if you don't work for the company, you don't really care what they're doing mm -hmm. I, and and. Uh, because uh, what I do out here on uh, doing the autograph signings and going to independent shows is totally different from what they do, and and I I don't I don't like to be associated with them because I don't do what they do. Sure. But uh, to 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 hear and I think I read this morning or yesterday, uh, I kind of read the news reports every day on the websites, and I can get I can it's like missing a soap opera for two weeks all you have to do is read one report and you got it all back so sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no uh the the uh i was reading something so, or someone had posted on twitter to me uh, i think it was this morning maybe uh i guess if you win the belt on sunday and lose it on monday nobody's going to break the record so <laughs> that's and that's the case of it being so diminished mm -hmm. you know bruno held the belt for what 10 years or 15 years and Hogan had it for like ten years, and that's how you establish a real champion is someone who, who, who has that longevity and uh, does, and it has to be the right person that's doing good enough with it. Definitely, um, I, I think I think they've diminished all the belts now to the point where I, I, to say you're the world's champion has no value. Sure. Yep. Uh, you know, now, also, uh, throughout your career, you also carried a guitar with you to the ring. Uh, were you glad to have that as part of your character, or did you feel that maybe it was a burden to carry it everywhere with you? Actually, I was glad now that I'm on the Independence, and I don't carry one. 
<laughs> be honest with you, because it, it was a, you know, this it's a podcast, it's a family show, but I can't say it was a pain in the ass. Yes, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, and they wanted me to carry it all the time. They said, "Well, Jake carries the snake, the, the bulldogs carries the dog, and and then uh, you, know, you know, it's like okay, so you can only you can." Just, I get to carry two bags on the plane back then. It was my. It was one of them was my my suits that I had to carry for TV and the clothing, uh, because they wanted a change of clothing every TV tape, and we did three. So we had. I had to carry three different jumpsuits. I had to carry clothes for the road that lasted for. I didn't get home for every two months. So, <laughs> and then you got to carry this guitar, and it was getting broken, stolen, and all those things that happened with check luggage. And they finally said, "Okay, we'll just put them on the ring trucks." And and so I didn't have to carry them anymore. But uh, at the it, what that guitar thing was never my idea. That was Colonel Robert Parker. Remember him from? Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> from WCW. Well, he was a Welch now. He was. Uh, uh, Robert Fuller, he was from the Welch family. He, when I started this honky tonk man character, he was the booker in uh, Southeastern Wrestling down in Pensacola and Mobile. He gave me that guitar idea. He says, "Man, you get that guitar and you, you hit that man, you whack, come over the back with that thing, and we'd be off and rolling." And next thing I know, he brings one to TV, and we did it. <laughs> now, well, uh, like you said earlier too, you're uh, you're very active on the independence uh, scene these days. Uh, do you notice maybe a lot of younger fans coming up to you, uh, especially now with like the WWE Network available anywhere, uh, where these fans can just dip back into time and watch your matches? Uh, do you, do you get a lot of that? Uh, yes, and I, you know, in the beginning, I thought the network. I said, "Gosh, I don't know that they'll ever get their their target number that they need to make this thing work." But I'm glad they did it. I'm glad it's working. Uh, because it has introduced guys like myself and and Greg Valentine and Tito and and uh, different and you know the Bushwhacker Luke that I travel with a lot. It's it's reintroduced us to a lot of young fans that that typically two three five years ago ten years ago didn't know who we were. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Hog Tech Man, do you have anything coming up uh, these days that you want to promote? Well, you know, I'm starting out with this. Uh, one-man comedy show, which it seems like a lot of guys are doing. Uh, I had done a, I had done these things before. Myself and Lanny Poffo had did a couple of them seven, eight, ten years ago, long before anyone else. And mm-hmm. and I kind of put it on a back burner. And now it's it's starting to pick up some steam again. So I have some shows booked with that, and uh, uh, it's called the Shake Rattle and Roll. It's one of those cutting edge. You know, I can do them X-rated. I can do them PG-rated. Depends on what the venue wants. And and to, uh, personally, the I can do me the way the X-rated one's a lot more funny. <laughs> of course, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I have uh, probably half a dozen of those things booked. Uh, two weeks from now, I'm going over to Wells, uh, England, for the Wells Comic Con, and I'll wrestle. In fact, Steamboat and Booker T will be on those shows. Uh, I'm going to actually get in the ring at Preston City Wrestling over there, and then I'm going out to uh, New Zealand for another Comic Con and a wrestling shows down there. So I'm staying. I stay on the road as much as I want, and mm-hmm. I've, I and I, it's one of those things where I would love. I would love to. I love this business so much. I would do it every day of my life, if the airplanes weren't so packed with people. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? yep. it, it, I mean, it's a chore just to go to the airport and, and fly. And I'm living out here in Phoenix. There's no work out west. Uh, uh, there's nothing out this way. There's nothing really in. Mm-hmm. In, in L.A. or Utah or Idaho or Colorado, uh, so I have to everything. I have to fly back to the East Coast, and that's five hours, four and a half hours going over, five hours coming back. So it's it's a chore. 
Sure. And now, uh, in the world of social media and whatnot, uh, where can the fans keep up with uh, you these days? Well, the best thing now is, of course, this this Twitter that uh, official HTM. Uh, I've over a hundred thousand people on there with me, and uh, then the, the, the Facebook thing uh, works pretty good. And uh, I, I, you know, some of the fans don't understand. I, I do. I, I'm in the wrestling business to make money, so I advertise things on Twitter and Facebook, like the T-shirts and the photos and the little guitars that I sell on all these things I sell on eBay. But if you don't promote it, you know, if they don't know you're there, they're not going to show up for the event. So. Some guy says, do you ever do anything other than just promote your products? Well, what other thing is there other than promote myself? Exactly. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, uh, and uh, I'll let you guys know this. I have done, I stopped doing podcasts because I had my own podcast going at one time, and we had over 100,000 listeners live on Wednesday nights. It was uh it was really something, and uh, I worked it, worked very hard at it. Didn't get a lot of reward out of it, so I dropped it. I finally gave up on it, and, uh, and then other people came along with podcasts and started. And after I did mine, I, it was hard for me to get WWE talent, hard for me to get guys on, and, and uh, so because I was controversial and cutting edge, and they were afraid uh, of ambush journalism. <laughs> but, yep. So, so uh, uh, I said, "Heck, these guys didn't want to do my show. I won't do anymore." And I had promised uh, uh, one of the fellows that I would I would do his show when it was all said and done. And then Cole Cabana, and he he held me to it. About six months later, and I did his, and I did Jimmy Cornette. I did one a few weeks ago, and now I'm doing yours. So I have not done a lot of these things. Well, we really appreciate your time and uh, for doing another wrestling podcast. Uh, thank you so yep, much. Yep, another wrestling podcast. <laughs> we thank it's you like, so much. Yeah, you know, I, I did a little research and I looked and said, "Now, what is another?" And that, the, the name <laughs> itself, the name itself, kind of caught my, caught me by surprise. It's like another wrestling. <laughs> I like this another wrestling podcast because that's a great name. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I mean, when we were looking at you know for for names, everybody's got like the armbar podcast or the they were coming up with moves and whatnot. And I was like, you know, let's just make it funny because everybody's going to ask what are you listening to. We could tell them you're listening to another wrestling podcast. And yes, and, and absolutely, and that the particular <laughs> name itself is the one that caught my eye. And so uh, yes, I've enjoyed being on with you guys, and I appreciate it. And to all the fans out there, no matter how bad the product is, it's still better than anything else. Make sure you head on over to anotherwrestlingpodcast.com, the mothership of AWP. You can find links to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Player FM, and tune in. You can buy our official Another Wrestling Podcast shirts prowrestlingtees.com slash another wrestling podcast. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash another wrestling podcast. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash a wrestling pod. Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash another wrestling pod. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Another Wrestling Podcast. Hello, Mr. Jericho. Hello, who's this? Hi, it's Chasing Sensations calling with Another Wrestling Podcast. I've been hearing a lot about those guys. They're doing better numbers than me, and I'm really uh, I've been trying to get on the show for like a long time here, brother. So it's really great to be on it. I was thinking that we could give oh. Jesse of Ventura a call today on your podcast, if you don't mind. I've been talking to him, and I mean, I'd like to have him on my show, but I'm pretty sure that my show it spreads out for over an hour, so 
since you've got a short amount of time, maybe we can give the Rudy Tootie booty body a call. Yeah, okay, yeah. That sounds awesome. I'm a big fan of Jesse's as well. All right, let's get Jesse on the line. Just give me one second. I'm just going to patch him through here. Hello. Hello, Jesse Ventura. Yes. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. You know this is Chris Jericho? I, uh, I told you I'd be in touch with you. Yes, thanks for calling, Jericho. Happy to be a part you. of your show. Well, it's not my show, I want to point out. We're on another wrestling podcast. It's pretty much the greatest podcast in the entire world of podcast Rooney's. If you know what I'm talking about. We got Jason Sensation on the line. Um, he's, uh, he's doing uh, Jason Regeneration as a part of the show. Uh, hello, sir. Thank you very much for being on. Big fan of yours. Thank you very much for having me on. Big fan yeah. of Jericho. We'd also like to thank Steve and uh, Jonathan for having us do this segment. Those guys are really great guys. I look up to them. I don't really... Uh, I'm actually fearful of meeting them because I'm uh, a little bit intimidated of guys who could do so much better than me on a podcast. But anyways, um, Jesse, could we, like, get some info from you? Maybe talk a little bit about things? Absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you a quick question about what you think about the Montreal screw job happening again at uh, Payback um, with, with Natalia and Charlotte's match. You know, the funny thing about it is, McMahon, I mean, I mean, Jericho, is that, you know what? I think it's a conspiracy. The whole damn thing is a conspiracy. Bret Hart was heard saying that uh, he thought it was stale and uh, an, an overused segment. What do you think about that? Absolutely, I think so, McMahon. I think so, Jericho. Now, also, do you not see how Bret Hart was was at the Montreal Screwjob and also he was at this Screwjob? Do you not think that maybe Bret Hart himself is the co-conspirator? I think you might have a point there. I think Bret the Hitman Hart is the co-conspirator. It's all a conspiracy, and Bret the Hitman Hart... It's a co-conspirator, McMahon. I mean, Jericho. That's no problem. You can call me <laughs> I appreciate that. Let me just uh, throw in a quick question about McMahon. Um, we've got... Uh, we've got... Mr. McMahon was... Um, he was overheard being asked about the CM Punk chants. He said it doesn't bother him at all, but uh, he wouldn't be... He wouldn't be having a WrestleMania anytime soon in Chicago. I don't know if the two are related. Do you think those are related stories? I bet you after they asked him the question, as soon as they turned their back, McMahon was like, and by the way, fuck them, those fucking assholes. Fuck off. That's how McMahon talked to people, McMahon. I mean, Jericho. He is a bit of a... He is a bit of a, a, a hardball. Kind of crazy, don't you think? He's a conspiracy. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. 
We're just going to take a quick break right now. Um, I just want to mention some of our sponsors. We've got Rudy Tootie Strawberry Blueberry DDP Yogurt. And I want everybody to, to go out and pick some of that up. DDP Yogurt. I, I eat it. It's really good for me. And um, I really feel that it keeps me regenerated. That's why I'm on Jason Regeneration right now. And um, if you could also go to Amazon and buy some of the DDP yogurt that they're selling, okay? Thanks very much, guys. You're helping me out. You're helping Steve and Jonathan and Jason and Jesse's body out. You're helping DDP, and you're helping yourself. Okay, now we're moving on. Um, we got um, Jesse Venture on the line. How you doing, Jesse? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I wanted to ask you about Hulk Hogan and his uh, second... His second um, court case with Gawker. Well, how do you feel about that? Hulk Hogan's a piece of shit. Do you think this is some sort of conspiracy? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think Hulk Hogan is a conspirator. He, he, he planted the whole seed to get all this money. It's a conspiracy. Maybe it has something to do with the all-seeing Ayatollah? Yeah, he's the all-seeing asshole, McMahon. I mean, Jericho. What about what about this Adam Rose thing? Where um, I mean, do you think this is some sort of sort of discrimination for Adam Rose? He's a he's a sick man, and he's got um he's been taking his medication and he's been suspended. And as of today, I believe he deleted most of his uh, tweets regarding the suspension and his doctor's note. What do you think about that, Jesse? If I, if I were him, I'd take. If I were him, I'd take a trip down to Mexico. Just have a vacation. He should probably listen to that advice because you're not only the body, you're the mind as well. Am I right? Absolutely. Okay, now moving on, I got a couple more questions. Is that all right, Jason? If we uh, ask Jesse a couple more questions? Yep, I think that's just fine. I think, yeah. We're almost out of time here, but yeah, sure. It's such a pleasure to have you on, Mr. Ventura. Uh, what are your thoughts on Donald Trump? I think Donald Trump is a motherfucker. I'd kick his fucking ass in a debate. What do you think about Hillary? I'd do her. Okay, well, I've got another question here. Uh, I wanted to ask you about, did you hear about Vince Russo? And the fact that he's not willing to pay $9.99 for the WWE Network, but uh, he steals it through a friend. Do you think this is some sort of conspiracy, Jesse? It is a conspiracy. How dare Vince Russo do such a thing? Steal the Absolutely. WWE Network. I Come on, you. Jack. I think this as well has something to do with the Ayatollah. It's the all-seeing Ayatollah. I mean, it, 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 it knows what's going on with everything. Vince Russo obviously has a hand in it. So we've got one more question here. Uh, what about Ryback and his situation with WWE? Are you, um, have you heard about this? They dropped the ball with Ryback. I believe that John Cena was paid about $9.4 million last year, and uh, Ryback, his contract was about 600000 Still not bad money. Not bad money, but, I mean, $9 million difference is quite a bit. You know how much money I made? It's a lot more than Ryback, let me tell you. But he doesn't do the kind of things that I do for kind of Vince McMahon in the back office, you know? 
There's a reason why I beat The Rock and Austin the same night. Anyways, thank you very much, Mr. Ventura. It was great having you on, Jason Regeneration. Any more questions for Mr. Ventura, Jason? That was everything. Thank you very much. Such a All pleasure right. to have you on, Mr. Ventura. And, and Jericho, thank you as well. Hey, no problem, buddy. Thank you very much, Mr. Ventura. It was a great having Thanks you on. Thanks a lot, guys. See you in the Libertarian debate. That sounds great. And also, don't forget, people, buy some DDP yogurt. Some blueberry, some strawberry. The Ayatollah of yogurt is DDP. Go to Amazon.com. Do me a favor. Do you a favor. Do another wrestling podcast a favor and buy DDP yogurt. Okay, this is Jason Sensation. And this is Johnny Bloodclot. And you're listening to Jason Regeneration. On another wrestling podcast, make sure you guys tune in each and every week. Thank you so much. So, you know, we've talked about wrestlers in movies and, you know, movie-themed uh, wrestling, uh, movies that are based around wrestling, but we haven't really talked about wrestlers on TV shows, guest appearances on TV shows, and all that fun stuff. So, uh, there's a whole other universe besides the movie universe. There's also that TV universe. Uh, Jonathan, let's get right into it. Let's go back in our little time machine. Hop back in and uh, take me to some place where a wrestler guest starred on a show. Matthew's boy down. Come over here and say that. <laughs> Set him down now. Feeney, mm. you can't tell me what to do anymore. I'm not one of your punk students. I'm the face of death. It was scarier when you had acne. <laughs> Your little bully tactics didn't work back then, and they're not gonna work now. Now put him down. Make me! I'd be glad to. Leslie? You <laughs> wouldn't. I would. <laughs> all right, all right. You won this round. But next time, and there will be a next time, Texas Deathmatch. Loser leaves town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is why I avoid reunions. Well, Jonathan, let me ask you this then, because uh, it's 1996, I believe, when this happened. Uh, Vader, out of any wrestler you could have brought on, um, I think Vader, I believe, was in the WWE at that time, right? Yes, he was. So, out of anybody in the WWE, was Vader really the best choice to be a guest star on the show? I mean, why not Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart or... I don't know. Why Vader? I think it, the story wrote itself because of Frankie Sakino, like being such a big guy. I think that's uh, why they did that. I think that if it was a different show, if it was um, Saved by the Bell, maybe, or something along those lines, that Shawn Michaels would have been perfect. Uh, you know, I thought you were going to ask who I thought would have been a good uh, guest star on that. But yes, Shawn Michaels obviously would have been awesome on, on Boy Meets World. But um, I think it was mainly because of, of the, the size of Frankie Stacchino. They needed a big guy. Do a shot every time he says Frankie Stacchino. Oh, my God. You guys don't <laughs> even know. You don't even know. All right, Jonathan, hop back on this time machine. Take me, take me somewhere else. Well, uh, 
one of my favorite shows of all time, um, which is still going strong today, is Saturday Night Live. Sketch comedy at its finest. Um, and there have been several appearances from wrestlers um, on Saturday Night Live. It started Hulk Hogan, I do believe, and Mr. T uh, during WrestleMania were the first wrestlers to ever appear on there. And uh, since then, there's been several more, uh, mainly The Rock. The Rock's hosted several times. And uh, there was one episode during the Attitude Era that we saw Big Show, Mick Foley, Triple H, Vince McMahon, and The Rock all on Saturday Night Live. And it was, uh, pardon the expression to anybody listening, but it was a pro wrestling fan's wet dream uh, to see all those guys Come on, Saturday Night Live. It was two worlds colliding, uh, sketch comedy, and professional wrestling. I loved every second of it. Now look, guys, okay, tonight, I mean, let's face it, you're going to have to put all your personal animosity aside, all right? Tonight is a great opportunity for the World Wrestling Federation. And let's face it, if The Rock does a really good job, then... Hey, Mick, you could wind up being a future host of Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Or, or even you, Triple H. Even me? No. <laughs> I don't want you guys messing with The Rock tonight, okay? Period. Any questions? Show? Can I hit The Rock with a ladder? No. How about like a lead pipe or something? Absolutely not. Vince, how about maybe a bicycle chain? Give him a couple. No, not... not. After the show, I don't care what you guys do to each other or to The Rock, but just leave him alone during the show. Yeah, but Vince, I mean, I hate him. Yeah, I hate him too. It doesn't matter. Vince, what if The Rock attacks me first? I've got to fight back, right? But he won't attack you first, Mick. It's a comedy show. Trust me, okay? <laughs> Trust you? <laughs> That's pretty good. Hey, you've lied to us quite a bit in the past. Well, yes, and I'll lie again to the with you to the future, but I'm just not lying now, okay? Now, just leave The Rock alone. Stay away from him. I get it. You're going to turn on him. You're going to fight The Rock, Vince. That's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> no, I'm not going to fight The Rock. Nobody's going to fight The Rock tonight. Nobody's going to fight him? What the hell kind of show is this? <laughs> it's a comedy show, okay? Now, no one's going to hurt The Rock. Is everybody crystal clear on that point? Triple H? Yeah. Mick? Yes, Vince. Show? <laughs> what do you have behind you? What are you hiding? What is, what is that? Turn around. No, nothing? Turn around. <laughs> what, were you, what were you gonna do with that? I just wanna make sure I had a good seat. <laughs> Go, get rid of it, please. Vince. What if The Rock messes up one of his lines? He makes the WWF look bad. Can I run on stage and hit him for that? He's got a good point, Vince. No, look, we're guests here tonight. Guys, and for a change, I just want to be respectable, Hey, okay? Vince, look what I found. It's that mango dude. Can I keep him, please? Would you quit it, please? Now, see? I, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Now, put the little guy down, okay? Do I have please, to? Put him down. Put me down, thank you. Yeah, tonight, tonight's The Rock's night. Okay. okay. Yeah. And tonight, The Rock is the star of the show, okay? So tonight, The Rock gets all the glory. Okay. Except this one part. 
Live from New York, it's Saturday night! This goes to show you how big wrestling was then, because that was pretty much the Attitude Era right there. Uh, well into it a little bit, and, you know, just for them to be on that show just goes to show you how big wrestling was back then because i mean the rock okay he's been guest he's uh guest hosted it but he's the rock you know he's he's in all these action movies and whatnot nowadays but back then you know just for these guys to be on it for a little bit uh or, you know it, it was that's pretty big man especially like you're talking about anybody people who don't watch wrestling you're having big show triple h mcfoley and all these guys on it uh it just goes to show you uh, what they were doing with the ratings uh and just how popular they were back then that Hey man, we need them on Saturday Night Live, so that's more of a kudos to to Vince McMahon and them for putting them uh, over the top back then. So uh, that was way before the PG era. Well, and, I, and if you think about it, there's still times when people come on Saturday Night Live that are huge actors and actresses, and they say, you know, this is my first time hosting, which makes me like think back to that that you know. Mick Foley and Triple H have been on Saturday Night Live prior to some of these people, which is just crazy to me. But it's a it's a great thing, and it probably gained uh, Saturday Night Live and professional wrestling a lot of new fans. All right, Jonathan. Now you know I love these. I love going back into TV land. Uh, but oh come on, God, I already know, uh, dude. I already know. Come on, let's go back. I'm, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to let you talk about it. All right, we'll hop in my time machine. I'm going to go. To the best TV appearance there was, the best TV appearance there is, and the best TV appearance there ever will be. Jonathan, I'm going to take you back in time to when Bret Hart was on The Simpsons. And I'm sure a pro wrestler such as yourself will appreciate all the closet space, Hitman. Ooh. This place has got old man stink. Ooh. Don't listen to him, sir. You've got an enchanting musk. And you wouldn't even be the only wrestler in the neighborhood. The Shrieking Sheet lives just three doors away. Hey, hey, I'll take it. Uh, would it be all right if I kept this portrait? To remind me of better times. Why would I want a picture of a pitiful pencil neck geek? Uh, it's almost as like that Saturday Night Live as to to be a guest host is an honor in itself. Now, you know, at this time to be a guest on The Simpsons was even another honor to, uh, in itself to have that you know celebrity appearance. And uh, what better celebrity to have in the world of pro wrestling than Bret the Hitman Hart? The only thing, truthfully, that I remember about Bret Hart on The Simpsons was that uh, there was a. Um, a magazine that kind of went along with it. There was uh, the WWF magazine that had Bret Hart on the cover, and it had Bart Simpson um, as well. And uh, I, I remember that. I thought it was a cool crossover. Um, one of the sad things, I guess, that I really thought would have happened after The Simpsons, um, back when the Attitude Era was going strong and you had tag teams like the New Age Outlaws and all that stuff, you had South Park. And I don't know if I'm going too far back or if you guys know this or not, but there was a website called Kenny's Crib. Uh, shout out to Kenny's Crib, wherever you are today. Um, he created South Park wrestlers, ladies and gentlemen. He would draw in the style of, of South Park these wrestlers. And um, 
He was always current. I would go on the interweb every day. I would go on with AOL or dial-up internet for anybody <laughs> who's with me. Um, What's that? And I would look – yeah, exactly. I would look at these – uh, these South Park drawings, and I always was a little bummed. Now, I do remember that South Park did a wrestling-inspired episode, but they never had actual wrestlers on there. So um, as far as cartoon shows that, uh, that wrestlers were on, I was always bummed that that didn't happen because especially since South Park kind of pushed the boundaries, I thought that it would have been a perfect um, – uh, but it never happened. But yeah, the – the Simpsons was cool. It was uh, once again a way to interject WWE um, into mainstream pop culture, which it did. And as you said, I'm staring at my uh, Bart Sim- or my uh, Brett Hitman Hart Simpsons figure right now as we speak. <laughs> All right, Jonathan. Well, uh, a lot of TV appearances, a lot of things are happening throughout the years. Let's hop back on this time machine and give me yet another. Okay. Um, this one was more recent. Um, and it features the best, uh, probably the best appearance of a wrestler on a show. I know I said that with Vader. I say that a lot. I don't, I can't choose, but, uh, one of my favorite TV shows, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, we got to see the late, the great Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, he was the maniac in an episode of It's Always Sunny entitled The Gang Wrestles for the Troops. <laughs> and um, they were the birds of war, uh, Charlie, Mac, and Dennis. And, uh, and you know, Piper was supposed to be on the wrestling show but ends up getting arrested um, before they can, you know, before he can wrestle for the show. But it was great because a lot of people, you know, they knew that Piper was in – movies and other television shows but piper had range and i don't know if people realize that but piper could act and um i remember watching a lot of interviews with john carpenter after they live came out and he was talking about how piper had like a notebook with him on set and he just jotted things down all the time and they used a lot of that stuff from his notebook in that movie they live so like the i've come to chew bubblegum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubblegum that came from pipe that was not written by you know someone you know a writer on on the set so um I would love to have seen some of the outtakes on it's always sunny because uh Piper was hilarious in it and uh I just absolutely loved it it's like fourteen hundred dollars sold to the maniac for fourteen hundred dollars really you know why because I can pay you this involves you giving us cash, not a product that we would then sell. Or if you just got it, that's so cool. I'm going to go grab my stuff. And if you wouldn't mind, could you show me which room is mine? Yeah, you know, from comedy to serious roles. Uh, he was even in the, the movie that just came out recently, too, The Saint. Uh, even though it's a movie, I know. But just speaking as for Piper, he's done so much. And it just goes to show you how overall versatile he was in the, in the, in the world of acting. Promo of the week. I vividly recall in the signing of the contract for your title shot at Hulk Hogan in WrestleMania 3. You said you taught Hogan a lot, but you had still one more lesson to give him in the final chapter in that big title match at the Silver Dome in Pontiac on the 29th. You want to talk to somebody? You talk to me. He's going to do all his talking in the ring. You talk to me. 
You want to talk about the final chapter? I'll be glad to talk about the final chapter. The final chapter in the life and history and the career of Hulk Hogan. See, because it's over, Hogan. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. You had three good years. You can't laugh at that. You were lucky. You made some money. You got a cartoon. You got some dolls. You rode good. You had it good. But you know you can't beat this man. Toughest man in the world. Nobody can beat this man. You think with all that blonde hair and a bunch of little hulksters out there and behind you, you ripping that t-shirt off and shaking in your pythons, you think you can beat him, dummy? It can't be done by you, ten guys like you, or a hundred people like you. This is the next heavyweight champion of the world. Get ready to swallow it, Hogan. It's all over. Andre, what about that, that final lesson? You don't understand, do Wait you, dummy? I do the I'll talking. I'll conduct these interviews here if you don't mind. Oh, maybe I will conduct them. How do you like that? All right, well, we went back in time a little bit, uh, talked briefly about some of the, the greatest television uh, spots from wrestlers on it. Uh, Jonathan, you know, it's good to go back in time a little bit, back to the future, back to the past, back to whatever. Uh, it's fun taking a trip in our little uh, AWP time machine, huh? Yeah, it's always great, and I can't wait to find out what our topic's going to be next week. But, you know, that's that's very important for all of you guys to know out there. We are very active on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it, we have it. Um, so if you'd like to hear us talk about a specific thing, if you'd like this to try to get a specific wrestler uh, on the show, any of that, just follow us on social media and let us know what you guys want because after all – we are a fans podcast. We do this because we love wrestling and we love to hear from you guys. That's right. Now, Jonathan, uh, we had a little bit of a teaser on last week's show of next week's guest, but the Birdman Coco Beware will be in the studio. Uh, he doesn't do too many interviews, Jonathan, but you know what? He did it with us, and uh, we're going to have Coco on the show, so stay tuned for that next week. Head on over to anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. You'll find all of our links from iTunes to Stitcher to Player FM to tune in. Like us, follow us, subscribe to us. Uh, write a good review on iTunes maybe too. You know, any little bit that you could do for us, we'll try to do a lot more for you in the future. Now, if you're in the Hudson Valley and you love comic books, action figures, and anything dealing with pop culture, head on over to CollectorsRealm.net. You guys can visit them at the Duchess Marketplace on Saturdays and Sundays between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. That's Duchess Marketplace, located at 453 Route 9 in Fishkill, New York, just south of I-84. Head on over to CollectorsRealm.net. Hey, all you professional wrestling fans out there, we here at another wrestling podcast have just the thing for you. If you've always wanted to join one of those monthly subscription sites that give you all kinds of treats and goodies in the mail, the best one by far is ProWrestlingCrate.com. Uh, you can follow them at PWCrate on Twitter or at ProWrestlingCrate on Instagram. Be sure to check them out and subscribe. Uh, the cost is nominal and you get some amazing things every month. And you never know what you're going to get. So tell them that another wrestling podcast sent you and enjoy the pro wrestling crate. Head on over to PWPNation.com. It's a wrestling media website and community that loves professional wrestling. They strive on creating an array of interesting articles and reviews on everything professional wrestling. Head on over to PWPNation.com. 
What's going on, AWP fans? I'm Angry Cooter, the social assassin, host of Main Event Marks. Me and my panel of Smart Marks go live on YouTube Wednesdays at 9 p.m. for a rude and crude show that is for Marks by Marks, and it's sure to make you laugh or cringe. We sent your mama's wrestling podcast, so come walk with us on the wild side here at Main Event Marks. Hey, listeners and viewers of another wrestling podcast, this is Steven from Steve's Wrestling Ramble. If you want a second or third option of hearing WWE news, check out my show, Steve's Wrestling Ramble on, on YouTube at youtube.com slash user slash complain zero eight. Check it out, give it a shot, and uh, we are a little bit different, and as I always say, join the conversation. Hold up to interact with people. Give it a world. Head on over to ESSpromotions.com. With close to 30 years of experience, ESS Promotions has become one of the largest talent agencies in the professional wrestling business today. They work with over 100 internationally known wrestling stars, many of whom you know and have enjoyed watching on television for many years. ESS Promotions has built... ESS Promotions has built its reputation working with many of the top independent wrestling companies, small businesses, and corporate America with the goal of bringing you their brand of cost-effective and fan-friendly entertainment. Head on over to ESSpromotions.com for more information. Well, that's the show. We want to thank you all for listening today. Every week we do the show free of charge for you, the fans. And if you're wondering how to repay us, we have just the thing. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Hey, and while you're there, be sure to rate us and give us a good review. If you're looking for more information about AWP, then head on over to anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. We are all over social media, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you are an AWP super fan, you can also show your support by going over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Another Wrestling Podcast and buying one of our official AWP shirts. We couldn't do this show without you, so tune in next week for <sighs> Another Wrestling Podcast. Another Wrestling Podcast.